Hello, welcome to H2 with me, Denise Villanahia. I'm a consulting hypnotist based in Delaware, and I'm hosting this monthly series on health and hypnosis to dispel some of the myths and misconceptions surrounding the subject. Hopefully, this will encourage some of you to look at how hypnosis could help you gain control over unwanted behaviors, establish some useful habits, or to help you cope better with anxiety, pain, or other health issues. There's an extensive list of issues hypnosis can help with. Full disclosure, I graduated from medical school 40 years ago, and although I don't practice medicine anymore, just hypnosis, I still think like a doctor, and I have a very scientific bent, so you will not hear me talking about the woo-woo side of stuff like past lives. When I retired, I expected to spend my time traveling and maybe advising a few people about a healthier diet, exercise, that sort of thing. Then I was offered a short course on hypnosis and it completely changed my direction. I trained for a full year to obtain a diploma in hypnotherapy and deeply regretted for every moment of that time that I hadn't had those skills while I was still working in the emergency room. It would have been so helpful during that course when I learned that the medical associations of both Great Britain, where I'm from, and the US, where I've lived for 50 years, had advised teaching hypnosis to doctors back in the 50s. Knowing it still isn't being taught in most places, I pivoted slightly again, and my main goal is to reach as many doctors as possible so they consider offering this to their patients, either directly themselves or by referring them to people like me. In the coming months on this show, I'll be interviewing hypnosis practitioners like myself from around the world and past clients who have offered to share their experience. I'll be spotlighting particular aspects of hypnosis in articles on dailymailusa.com through this channel. So first things first, hypnosis to most people, they think immediately of stage hypnosis. It's usually a man, usually with a goatee, sometimes swinging a pocket watch, though that's a bit old fashioned these days. Those initial people raise their hands and maybe 20 people are invited on the stage. The hypnotist will spend a little time chatting to them and very quickly can tell who is going to be a good subject for that type of demonstration of hypnosis. Because everybody can be hypnotized at some point during the day, but not everybody can be hypnotized under all circumstances every single time. Stage hypnotist is extremely good at weeding out the people who won't respond well, so you just see the people that will. The people you see on the stage are comfortable being on the stage, they don't mind people laughing at them, and they're going to be not feeling awful afterwards. You might feel it's excruciatingly embarrassing, but they don't feel that way about it. Anytime, although it looks like the hypnotist has control over their minds, they could just wake themselves up and walk off the stage. Likewise, the on-screen portrayal of hypnotized people being controlled by the evil hypnotist is complete fiction, with just enough truth to let us buy the story. For example, hypnotists do give code words to people to help them to control a behavior that they don't want. A singer, for example, may be someone who gets nervous before a performance and may have been given a code word to repeat to herself or himself, a few minutes before performance. That word's been linked in their minds through hypnosis to help them relax, to decrease their anxiety, and to enable them to get a better performance. 
but nobody's going to be able to call anybody with a phone and hear a code word and tell them to do something that they wouldn't otherwise do. So that's what it isn't. What is it? Well, to start with, it's misnamed for the god of sleep, hypnosis. You aren't asleep. It's that short period of time between being fully awake and being asleep when the subconscious mind is focused and the conscious mind is completely relaxed, which allows ideas to go skipping past critical analysis and popping straight into the subconscious where it will remain. It happens multiple times a day. You probably barely notice it. It's so commonplace. For example, if you've ever been on a train and suddenly realize you've arrived at your destination, but you don't remember the journey at all. Or have you ever been miles away while somebody's talking? You were hypnotized. If you zoned out doing something that was really boring, you were hypnotized. Those are examples of trance. You're hypnotized during that brief period. To go back to skipping the rational brain thought a moment ago, it's how TV advertising affects your attitudes to products, even when you aren't aware that you saw the ad. Your subconscious is hearing it even while you are daydreaming about something completely different. It's a time when the inward focus is so concentrated that all other stimuli is just ignored until the spell's broken, usually by something the conscious mind has to pay attention to, like a baby crying or a fire alarm, or just maybe the train stopped. Hypnosis isn't something that's done to you. It's something your conscious mind allows to happen when it stops guarding the gates to the subconscious. When you choose to see a hypnotist to resolve an issue in a typical session, you'd have a conversation with that hypnotist. And I'm using the term hypnotist because some states don't like the word hypnotherapist unless it's used by a licensed psychologist. In that chat, you discuss which goals you're going to work on and every step of the process will be explained to you. And when you'd had all your questions answered, they would help you get into a state of complete relaxation. And when you were completely relaxed and in that heightened state of focus, they would feed back to you in your own words, the things which you've already decided you want to move from your conscious mind, where you have to think about action, to your subconscious mind, where things would just happen almost automatically. The subconscious is really your comfort zone. It's full of the things you know are true. Unconscious, no longer examined biases lives there. Where thoughts from childhood like broccoli's yucky or eating ice cream means I'm loved coexist with I'll always be fat, I'll never be successful, I can't get better. People resist change because it means leaving their comfort zone, even if they are not particularly comfortable in that zone. You can change it by sheer willpower and repetition, but a skilled hypnotist can put useful thoughts in there too and drown out the non-useful ones. And it's much faster because once something's in the subconscious, it's hard to shift it out. It can be diluted though with more useful and wanted thoughts. I hope you found this interesting. Please look out for upcoming articles on history of hypnosis and how to find a qualified hypnotist. Next month, I'll be talking to past clients who will describe their experience. Until next time, thank you.